What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried everything individual and breed them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. What's going on? Welcome back to the Fit Trials Podcast. I am your host, Tori. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Whether you're listening to this in your car or in the shower or wherever it is you listen to podcasts, I am just so happy to have you as part of this audience. Make sure you go and listen to a few of the previous episodes. There's a lot more to come. But today we're talking about diets. And I'm not a big fan of diets. I'll be honest. I don't like what they stand for. I don't like how they're marketed. Um, And today we're talking specifically about low-carb diets. So we're going to touch on keto, the South Beach diet, Atkins, and finish talking about the Whole30, which if you have heard my disordered eating story from a past episode or from Instagram, you know I have particular beef with the Whole30. So we're definitely going to talk about it today. So let's start with talking about what a diet's job is. A diet's only job is to get you into a caloric deficit because as we know, the law of energy balance says that a calorie deficit equals weight loss, a surplus equals weight gain, and maintenance makes you stay the same. So, you know, food in, energy out. That is the basic law of energy balance. My issue with diets is that they are typically not sustainable long-term, and they totally mess with your head. They tell you that there are yes foods and no foods, or they phrase it as compliant or non-compliant or approved or not approved foods, right? They make rules for you, and I'm not really one for rules. (laughs) My stance is that you should adopt eating behaviors and habits that you can sustain for the rest of your life with the end in mind. Otherwise, why else would you even be doing this, right? Quick quick fixes are a thing of the past, my friend. We know that they do not work. So low-carb diets is what we're talking about today. Let's first talk about what carbohydrates are even for. They're for energy, obviously. Our red blood cells can only use glucose, and it's easiest to get glucose from, car- from carbohydrates. Your brain and your nervous tissue also rely on glucose. You know when you feel shaky or lethargic when you haven't eaten for a while? Yeah. Do you exercise intensely? Do you do body pump or do you take HIIT classes? Do you play a sport? Carbs are the gasoline for that stuff. Um, They are also protein sparing. When your body really needs to, you can get energy from fat and protein, but This is not great news because those nutrients have their own jobs they have to do in the body. They can't be filling every position in the company, right? (laughs) And lastly, carbs are fiber, which you know you need to poop. Okay, cool. Moving on. Let's start with keto. Keto is still a super hot topic right now. I always tell people that every diet is going to have its spotlight moment. Keto has been living in a long one. (laughs) I'm ready for it to end. (laughs) But basically... Keto says that you need to be 
below or ideally between 50 and 20 grams of carbohydrates per day to be in true ketosis. Um, To give you an idea of what that is, what that gram amount is, a basic apple is about 22 grams of carbs and a medium sweet potato is about 26 grams of carbs. So you cannot have both of those (laughs) is, is what keto says. So you are basically going to be eating a lot of fats, a lot of protein, um, maybe some vegetables, but you're going to have to be like careful which those are. It's just like super specific about not having carbohydrates. And the thing is the research does not support keto being a superior method for fat loss when calories are equal. So you take two people, they're consuming the same amount of calories. One person is having a regular diet. One person is doing keto. The fat loss is going to be the same. Research supports that. Keto makes you eat fewer calories because remember a diet's job is to get you into a caloric deficit. Keto gets you to eat fewer calories because it knocks out an entire macronutrient, carbs, right? So you obviously are eating less. And people see rapid weight loss initially with keto because you lose a lot of body water. Like think of a shriveled raisin. It's the shriveled raisin diet. (laughs) But body fat reduction ends up being the same compared to someone consuming a regular diet. Now, if you can happily give up apples and bananas and bread and dessert and potatoes, God, I could never, then by all means, keto is something you could totally try if you are totally happy giving that stuff up forever. Here's the other thing. Most people who do keto, quote unquote, are not doing, they're not doing true keto. They're just eating very, very little carbs. And you cannot cheat if you want to do keto right. And like I said, I'm not one for a lot of rules, so I don't recommend keto. I'm not a fan. None of my clients have ever been on keto. I've never had a client on keto, and my clients see plenty of results. So, you know, just because a diet is claiming that it has tons of reviews and tons of people are losing weight, just give it a year, maybe a few months, maybe a couple of years, and people will get off that diet because it's it's most likely not sustainable. You know, think of the South Beach diet. That one is from roughly 2003. Anyone in their, you know, 30s, 40s might remember it well. Someone in their late 20s might remember it. But it doesn't forego carbs entirely. It categorizes carbs as fats as good or bad. It's particularly low in fiber as well, just like keto, which is generally considered a positive marker for fat loss. Fiber is generally considered as good. You obviously don't want too much of something, but fiber has actually been shown in studies to be a helpful marker of weight loss. And the South Beach diet basically has three stages, which already does not make sense to me. Like this three weird staged process is going to make me lose weight. Like there are good and bad carbs and good and bad fats. And I'm supposed to keep track of all of them. And what about protein? And what about sugar? Like it's like a university course on this diet. And that's ridiculous. (laughs) It's way, way, way too complicated. Um, Atkins is another one that falls under this low carb umbrella. Um, You know, if carbs are bad, like the Atkins diet, if you remember this, says that, you know, restricting carbs is essentially critical for weight loss, but you can have as much fat and protein as you want. Doesn't it sound like these diets basically reinvented one another? Like they preach the same things. They're marked with a, you know, slightly different angle. Like they're trying to dupe us. Like this is just 
plain marketing. Like, and you, you know, don't demonize marketing for that. Like demonize the people who are creating these diets and trying to promote it as this brand new thing when it's just like, you know, other diets that have happened in the past, right? So just, you know, take a few steps back, look at the big picture and see, you know, is this diet actually like, you know, something new or is this a diet that looks familiar? Is this something that sounds familiar? Um, If at any point you are wondering about glycemic index, if you have diabetes, that totally pertains to you because blood glucose is a thing if you have diabetes. But if you are a relatively average person, what's probably more relative to you is understanding the difference between complex and simple carbs and recognizing that some carbs are simply easier to overconsume than others. So foods with a higher glycemic index are typically going to be like white breads, crackers, white foods, things like that that are easier for us to consume in high quantities. And, you know, in studies they show to be, you know, somewhat correlated to weight gain because obviously they're easier to consume. Um, Not that you need to keep, you know, XX numbers of glycemic index to prevent bloating and keep your weight down as a normal person. Like you, it just does not have to be that neurotic um, unless you have a medical condition where you do need to focus on those numbers. Like I mentioned diabetes. So, you know, the, the overarching theme of all of this is that we're just making it too complicated and it just does not have to be. Um, what really is, is the problem that I've seen with most clients is that most clients anticipate the workouts to be hard and following a meal plan to be hard. And it's really not that. It's actually their behaviors and their mindfulness around food, their relationship with food. It's actually those things that need to be worked on that they they didn't realize that was what they needed to work on. They just thought that they needed a workout plan and nutrition guidance. That's that's what they think. That's what everyone thinks they need. But I love the Chinese saying, um, the fish are always the last to realize they're in the ocean. I absolutely love that because it really is all about self-awareness. You are probably not aware of the actual situation that you're in and you're trying to address all of these symptoms, but you're not addressing the root problem. And that's where having a coach is really, really helpful because I've seen this case a thousand and one times. And so for sure, your case is probably similar to one I've seen in the past. And so I know what things to implement for you. Okay, let's talk finally about the Whole30, which is not precisely a low-carb diet necessarily, but it is heavily restrictive and prohibits grains. So that's why I put it in this episode so I can save um, some of the other episodes for other categorized diets. If you've heard my disordered eating story from a previous episode or you've you know followed me on Instagram for a while, you'll know that the Whole30 is what put me down the rabbit hole. Um, the creators of the whole 30, they are Dallas and Melissa Hartwig who recently opened up about a past heroin addiction side note. Um, they're certified sports nutritionists, which for the record is not a regulated term. It involves taking an online course and an exam, Google it. (laughs) They are not registered dietitians. They're not magicians, but one of them is a past heroin addict. Okay. Moving on. It is basically a paleo diet. 
The non-approved foods are sugar, alcohol, grains, legumes, soy, and dairy. Um, But the new Whole30 rules now allow white potatoes and all potatoes, but no fries or chips. You know, like, like, this is just ridiculous. Like, that should be your first red flag is when the diet you're following is like, oh, just kidding. Like, you can have potatoes, but only in these forms. Like, we'll send out an email. Like, what the hell? Like, that? Like, no, you're the diet that you follow should not have updates. That is ridiculous. Like, that should be your first big flying, flaming red flag. <laughs> the whole 30 like any diet in its spotlight moment, claims to cure illnesses, cure acne, cure cancer, cure anxiety, PCOS. It's this magical medicine diet, right? Like that all sounds super enticing. Like that's good marketing. And they've got all these crazy testimonials, which like, how are you supposed to know if those are true? I literally know people in the industry who I know people personally who are like, yeah, I totally fake my testimonials. I, for one, I've never faked a testimonial. All of my testimonials are completely true. And I have a serious issue with people who fake their testimonials. That does not sit cool with me. Um, But, you know, all of these diets are just, they're trying to show you that, like, this is your answer. You're looking for an answer and this is freaking it, buddy. But the Whole30 also demonizes a lot of ingredients. The book literally brainwashed me to dissect nutrition labels like a madwoman. And I would spend hours making paleo ranch dressing in a blender and say no to pizza. Like, if that sounds like fun to you, give the Whole30 a try. But once again, I am probably the biggest anti-advocate for this diet because it triggered disordered eating for me and put me down a, a very long path of disordered eating. And I believe in food freedom, like totally. So, you know, the the, the big thing about low-carb diets for this episode, I will conclude this before I get too heated. The big thing about low-carb diets is that You know, it's just another way for you to be in a caloric deficit. And there are a lot of other ways that are way less painful, way less stressful, don't affect your social life, don't require you to spend hours in the kitchen making approved recipes. Like you just don't have to be that honestly like anal about it. There are so many ways that are so much simpler (laughs) that you, you know, most of the time when I talk to clients, you know, before we start implementing the practices that I teach is they, they think it's too simple. They're like, why this should feel hard. Right. And it's like, no, this actually should not feel, this is supposed to be easy. You know, like thinking about adopting a certain diet for the rest of my life And having that diet require me to track numbers or track glycemic index or be watchful of how many carbs I'm having. And like, if I go to a a social event, I have to like manipulate everything to like make me feel okay in that social event. Like that is not how it's supposed to be. Like this is the quality of your life and you should have every single power within you to make that the highest quality possible. And diet is a huge, huge piece of this. I always tell people if you're looking to start your fitness journey and you're looking to start with diet or exercise, I would say you should probably start with diet because it's something that is a little more frequent in your day. It's going to be a little bit more impactful. They're both important. I would not say that, you know, it's, I would not say it's 80% diet and 20% 
you know, exercise. I would not say that. I would say it's, it's a healthy hand of both, but because nutrition is something that encompasses your entire day, I would say it's really important to, to target that first. Um, especially because so much of our eating behaviors and our habits around food, all of that is so centered around your mindset with food, which is arguably one of the biggest things that I work on with my clients because it ends up being the biggest culprit to why why they eat a certain way or why their habits of eating have gotten them to the point they're at right now that they want to change. And so paying really close attention to those things and those triggers because if you're someone who has had a long history of yo-yo dieting or you've tried more than two diets, if you've been sitting on your goal for more than a year like time is so valuable. <laughs> you cannot be be yo-yo dieting and trying all these different things and wasting literally years of your life where you could have peace around food. And that is why I ha- I'm making this this I hate diet series because <laughs> because it it seriously does affect your quality of your life. And I know that from personal experience and I know that from seeing it with my clients and also seeing it on the other side, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, it is there and it can happen for you. So if you're someone who is literally in the thick of dieting, you're in the thick of trying to figure out what works for you. I understand that journey. I understand that process. I see it every day with my clients and they, there is a finish line. Don't you worry. (laughs) There is a finish line. Um, So hopefully this episode was helpful for you. I know these episodes are um, a little bit shorter. I have been getting some great feedback on that. So let me know if you enjoy these shorter episodes so you can kind of get through um, them more quickly. I know you have a busy life and you don't have hours and hours to listen to me rattle off on a podcast. So, um, if you're enjoying these shorter episodes, let me know, share this on social media, share this episode with a friend. If you've got a friend who's looking to do keto or, um, someone who's, you know, debating, trying a diet, you know, send them this episode, just educate them, you know, take that upon yourself, like spread the love. Um, and if you really want to go the extra mile, leave um, a rate a rating and a written review on iTunes. That just helps uh, grow the podcast, helps it reach more people and help more people. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Connect with me on social and see you guys next time.